When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I forgot about that. Welcome into 11 Personnel. We are live on a Monday night talking ball. Talking ball. Nick Roush, Adam Luckett, uh, brought to you here by our friends at Racing Louisville. Big shout out to the girls in Lavender. Not purple, but Lavender. Uh, they're the best. We're going to talk about them a little bit more later on. But luck it, first things first, this is one of our favorite episodes of the year. Oh, yeah. We're only 12 days away from the football season, and we're starting to get that gambling itch. And tonight, it's all about win totals, baby. <laughs> Nick, how much have you looked at Saturday's card? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I have, like, I pushed it off. I used I, I, I'm a Game of Thrones nerd. Uh, so I watched that was my like fix last week was watch last night was watching House of the Dragon. But getting back into the win totals, I'm 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 ready for this week's card. I already know one play is definitely go. like we, we gotta fade Scott Frost, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just for uh it's just like a system play. It's just automatic <laughs> auto auto bet. I'm not gonna lie to you. I sat down today and I wrote down between week zero and week one, I wrote down twenty-two bets. So that, that is where I'm at right now. So I'm in full form, ready to roll. So we now the best thing I think uh, we do our, our picks week by week is very uh, yeah. live and die by, by you know live by the sword, die by the sword. But this right here, good little track record here, um, Nick. And I think we're going to talk about Kentucky scrimmage first, and we'll get into that yeah. when we get the picks. But last year, I believe you went four and one on your five. Yeah. And then I, I sent out 10 um, total. I went eight and two on those. Two years ago, I did this, went nine and one. So I'm, I'm walking in here on a 17 and three heater. So this is either going to go, it's going to go one of two ways. Either the heater is going to continue or it, I'm due for a two and eight. So so let's see how that how the dice roll here. But the best episode I think we do all year is the season one totals. And we get to show our degenerate colors, which is really yeah. where we thrive. Yeah, yeah, and we've got we've got some doozies of picks ready to rock and roll. Um, but like you said, we're not going to just be talking about our, our gambling picks. We're also going to break down the scrimmage, and we're going to take your questions, comments. That's the beautiful thing about doing these live shows. We're going to have live shows every Monday night at 7 p.m. Write it down. Whether it's this show, there's going to be a lot of the KSR football podcast. Next week, we're predicting Kentucky season win total with all the KSR staffers. So just go ahead and get this uh in in your mind right to be able to check out the ksr youtube channel uh each monday night seven o'clock be right after 
uh, Mark Stoops' call-in show. So shout out to all the folks listening from Lexington to Somerset to Nashville. Really, really fired up from this. Um, oh, Boonville, Kentucky. So any questions you got, hit us. We'll try to touch on them from time to time throughout. But look, let's first start at Saturday's scrimmage. Uh, the second of two, really the most important one, because I'm not going to lie, the first one didn't, didn't feel like we got a lot out of it just because they were holding so many guys out offensively. And right, right, of all right. of the things that I learned like it, I think the the offensive line, uh, figuring out who was in that first five, that that's what popped to me the most because going into this week, Rich Gangarella said, if, if I want to know anything, it's I, I just want all my guys to be playing at the same time. Yeah, it felt like the first scrimmage was a lot of trial by fire, throwing stuff at the wall. You had three off starting offensive linemen that did not play. I mean, in the one position, and then one position you had an unsettled there left tackle. So you really only had Eli Cox out there fighting against Kentucky's front seven. Um, so I think in this in this scrimmage, you, like you, we're not there to watch it, right? So we can't we can't tell. Right. But like you got the old classic defense wins one scrimmage, and it sounded like the offense might have won the second scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that I mean the big takeaway to me was Will Levis was out there, and by all accounts. Um, all the intel we've uncovered is that he played well in the scrimmage, and that's really what you want to mm-hmm. see. There's still some Ramon Jefferson buzz building. Um, in throwing the tight darts end. to Denke. I mean, right. that that we're just watching on a loop right now. Mm-hmm. If you all are just listening to it, but like that, it was an impressive touchdown catch. Key had a big one. I think Barry on Brown had another one. Tight ends caught a lot of balls. The right. pass offense. It sounds like it got got a little bit into a rhythm. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is just the tight end position. All signs are pointing to it being a big part of the offense. So, all you tight end stands out there, I think, are going to be very happy with how this season shakes out. Um, Jordan Dingle's kind of the guy here in the last week that's really kind of popped on the offensive side of the ball. Redshirt freshman out of Bowling Green was a significant recruiting one, Nick. If you go back, there was a time where Kentucky didn't think they were going to they were going to get him for a long yeah. time. And then they kind of closed on him in November, a month before signing day. Um, Purdue was in big on him for a while. He had a written, uh, a legitimate written offer from Ohio State. Um, Vanderbilt was a player in his recruitment for a little bit. But that was a big win, and he he's making a splash here. And, but the thing that Jordan Dingle kind of has, 6'4", 235, 240, but I think he has the athleticism to be kind of a playmaker and field stretcher as a passing threat. So I think he brings some stuff in the run game, um, but he also he's a two-way tight end. He can do some stuff. He can play in line. He can play off ball. Um, so I think that he really got some people excited there uh, at the Joe Craft mm-hmm. football training facility. And so he's going to be a guy, I think, week one for me, I, I'm really going to have an eye on. And just that tight end rotation in general, how do they – get the snaps and what does the snap count look like for those guys? Well, and Dingle in particular, he, uh, that tight end group has a lot of guys that specialize at one good thing. Right. You know, Brendan Bates is the getting his nose in there and blocking the hell out of people. Uh, Isaiah Cummings is your pass catcher. Keaton Upshaw is another big target pass catcher. Dingle feels like he can do kind of all of those things, which right. makes him more of a candidate to be that every down reliable go to, tight end so his emergence i think is significant and it also speaks to kind of the pop that you're seeing from kentucky's latest recruiting efforts because uh you know i, I was at the louisville kickoff luncheon today and 
Mark Stoops is hinted around at it, but he was pretty clear, like, this is the best recruiting class we've we've had, this latest one that, that just came in, you know? So, yeah, the, the, the stars are starting to show up uh, on that depth chart. Yeah, I think that's a very good sign. Uh, we can get in that class of 2020, but, like, that's – it's a big year for a lot of guys in yeah. that class. Um, you're looking at, like, a Justin Rogers, Josiah Hayes, Trayvon Ripka, a Jatah McClain, Andrew Phillips getting a chance – potentially be a starter. Um, Carrington Valentine, it's, I think it's a big year for him. Isaiah Cummings, I think it's a big year for him. It's year three. They need to play to that ranking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Kentucky success this year is going to be due to what they pull out of that 2020 class. But I think a real good sign is these last two classes. Like 2022, these true freshmen are looking like just a different kind of different breed of cat. Yeah. Um, these guys are – a lot of these guys seem like they're ready to play right away. They They – I think they've hit on some lower-rated guys when you look at what Josh Caddis has done already. Um, and then 2021, I think, is important to recognize. Dingle's one. Jagger mm-hmm. Burton's pushing for playing time. David yep. Wollabaugh uh, might be your starting left tackle as a redshirt freshman. Maxwell Hairston got some props from Stoops on Saturday. That was a um, surprise, yeah. So you you got some guys there where that's not a, as highly as rated a class, but you got some guys really pushing. Uh, making stuff happen. So I think that's a positive development as well. Well, let's let's go back to the big blue wall because that was kind of my one big takeaway. Um, we we heard that Jeremy Flax uh, from Rich Gangarello, he had kind of locked down that right side, but what's locked on the left side of the line? Well, Kenneth Horsey, he's, he's kind of banged up right now, it sounds like. Um, that might be something that leaguers into week one. Um, I, we're not sure yet, but either way, that does – doesn't matter as much because Jagger Burton is such a badass. He was pushing for playing time regardless. But at that left tackle spot, it was three guys playing for one spot. And in an ideal world like it, I think you have either Wallabaugh or Buford went out the starting job. Keontae Goodwin gets some reps at left tackle through that first month of the season when you're playing your matchings and whatnot. And then he can kind of emerge as a starter halfway through the season. Uh, he played at Charlestown High School last year. No offense to Southern Indiana, but those Hoosiers don't know what the hell they're doing on the football field. Sorry to our listener in Georgetown, Indiana. But he needs the reps. I mean, he told us he's just never hit. Right. Like he, he hasn't been able to hit. It's a different level of ball he's playing. Right yeah, now. exactly. He's finally getting to block people's size, so he needs to get those reps. And I think a lot of us expected it to be Buford. And that, that wall of ball. The coaching was, staff expected that too. Yeah, yeah. And wall of ball was going to be the swing tackle that could fill in for Flax at right or whoever at left. Um, but instead, Wallabaugh was getting first reps with the ones, uh, Buford backing Flax at right tackle. And um, I don't think that's great, Luckett, um, because I don't, you know, Wallabaugh, while he is versatile and I, I like him as a long term prospect, don't think of all the positions I ever saw him being starting left tackle as a redshirt freshman. Here's where I'm at here. Like, my focus is not on the left tackle. I know Kentucky's good guard center guard. I know they got three guys they feel really good about. If Jeremy Flax is good, they can figure out left tackle. Like, they can they can scheme around that. That They can do things to give that guy help. Um, so, my my focus is not necessarily going to – it's going to be more on how Flax is. Because if Jeremy Flax is good and you got four good pieces on the front, like, you can figure out a fifth spot. There's stuff you can do to scheme around that. Um, but if 
Spikes is iffy, and you got a big uh, left tackle situation. That's where you could get in trouble. Yeah. So that is my real worry there. Um, Kentucky is not gonna. It's they. It's they. It's not Joe Burrow. They're not getting a five man protection and getting an empty and trying to carve defenses yeah. up. That's yeah. not what this offense is going to be. They are going to. They are going to try to establish the run. Um, they're going to have calculated shot plays where they get in six, seven man protections and take a shot deep. It's not going to be. Uh, uh, spread them out and dink a dunk and play like that and try to hit goal balls all the time. It's just not going to be that. Um, so I think Jeremy Flax has some real value in the run game. I think him and Tayshawn Manning are like, it's going to be fun to watch them work some double teams together. But pass pro, I think is a big question for him. So how, how does he stand up? Like to me, he's probably like to me right now, he's the behind Will Levis. He's the most important piece on the offense. Um, they need him to be solid. If he's solid, everything's going to be fine on the offensive line. If he's not, then that's where they can get in trouble. Well, I, I appreciate you because I'm sure there's some folks out there watching and listening who are worried about play at left tackle. We've all seen the Sandy Bullock movie. Got to protect the blind side. Got to protect yeah. the blind side. Blind side, blind side. Every offensive line has a weakness. Like, even the best ones, they all have one. You just got, you know, where you get in trouble is when you have two or three weaknesses. You can deal with – you can – if you got one donkey, you can deal with it. If you got two, three, you're going to be in trouble. So, I mean, it's just like that's that's where they're at right now. They should feel really good, guard center guard. Like, Horsey and Tayshaun Manning are as good as a pass protection guard duo, I think, there is in college football. They are going to be very strong up front, up the middle. It's going to be at the tackle where the questions are. And if Flax is solid or they can depend on him, it just it, they're going to be fine, but if he's not, then they could get in trouble. So watching him the first few weeks is really, I think, one of the keys early to Kentucky to see how they're going to operate. Yeah, and I think with this left tackle spot too, as one of the commenters put it, like they are young, but they've recruited very well. Um, this is only a one year thing. Like long term, they're still in great shape. Um, tackle recruiting is not going great in twenty twenty three class. But they got Keontae Goodwin and Nick Hall in this pass class. Like, that is yeah. a pretty good haul at tackle. Right. Um, David Wallaball is already making a push for playing time as a redshirt freshman. You're still going to have him for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. You got Jagger Burton on the inside. John Young, I think, is a guy that they think could potentially be a quality starter for them next year. Um, Eli Cox should be back next year. And then Kobe Keenum's coming in. Um, and we're all, all really high on him. Like, I think he's a guy who could potentially play as a redshirt freshman. Um, can I have that type of build? So they're still in great shape, I think, along the offensive line. It's just they got to figure out this tackle situation. And if, yeah. but if they figure it out, like one of Buford or Wollaball, like you're going to have them for a while. You know, yeah. Buford's third year in the program; it's Wollaball's second. So this is not, you know, it's not just you're not. It's not a band aid that's getting ripped off after this season. It, it's just they got to fi- figure out. Maybe there's some growing pains in the first five six weeks, but long term they could be fine after that. It's just getting through these and figuring out where you're at right now. Yeah, and, and as one commenter put it, you know, you kind of need to invest in Keontae Goodwin some earlier, but I, you don't want him to get swimming. You don't want it to be a Carrington-Valentine situation where the confidence is shot by the time you get to the real good guys. Uh, right. You know, and in Wallabaugh, you know, he, he's a good athlete. He comes from offensive line uh, family. His father was Tim Couch's center for a while with the Browns. He played in the Super Bowl with the Patriots. His brother, His brother was uh, a multi-year starter at Duke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, he, he's got the chops. He played he, 
I, I like we have the old uh he used to play hockey in high school too. Like that was yeah. his first sport. So he's got, you know, he's got pretty decent feet. You know, he's a good athlete. I mean, he, he looks like a left tackle. Long hair, um, six foot five, six foot six, a big body, can move. Like I think there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of stuff to like with him. He's just a little young, but yeah, yeah, but we'll see. So, but I, I, I think to go back to your other point, I really I, most of the concerns are in the pass protection area, whereas running the ball, uh. You mentioned Ramon Jefferson off the top. I don't think it was purely coincidence that we've been hearing more Ramon Jefferson buzz ever since our boss, Matt Jones, uh, shared that Chris Rodriguez is likely out three to four games. Uh, we're still waiting to hear final word. We'll get that from Mark Stoops yeah, uh, probably Monday today yeah. during his Monday press conference. But there's been a lot of back and forth on, like, is it going to be one or two games? Is it going to be three or four? Like, we'll wait and see. Sounds like it's going to be three or four, but I don't think it's all just like, here's a bunch of spin. Like we're out with Rodriguez, but we've got Ramon Jefferson, Ramon Jefferson. Part of what makes him good is similar to what makes Chris Rodriguez good. And that's the ability to break tackles, to make guys miss. And that, that you can't see that until you get into a live scrimmage situation like they had on Saturday. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what it looks like because when I don't necessarily watch this tape, I didn't see, pile mover um i didn't see like guy falling forward all the time like the stuff you associate with chris rodriguez with um, what i think he is though nick is like a, he's a zone runner um he knows how to run this concept his under center outside zone stuff he ran at maine they ran outside zone stuff at sam houston state he's a scheme fit for them um and he's a one cut north and south runner with good mm-hmm. vision, and he runs with good pad level. So I think he is the guy now, right now. Now, I don't think he's going to be a 20-carry guy. I think it's going to be more of a rotation. Mm-hmm. The question is, you know, what Chris Rodriguez is great at is avoiding negative plays and efficiencies, keeping you ahead of the chains. Um, I think Ramon Jefferson is probably going to give you a little more pop, and that outside zone scheme is going to give you more pop. You can get more explosives. Off that run, but it's gonna you're probably gonna be behind the chains a little bit more. You're gonna have more second elevens, more third nines, um, and so really, I, I think it puts more pressure on. It just puts more pressure on Will Levis. Puts more on his plate. Um, I think for him, for like this is all about you know you want to win all your games, uh, but it's really about week two and can they beat Florida? Like I think like Levis has got to go down there and play really well. Like he can't. Can't just be a whole home game from him for them. Well, I thought it could have been if they had Chris Harvest. Um, but there's much we don't know really much about how this run game is going to look with Rich Gangarello and this offensive line. Um, last, last year was a little bit more known because we knew, well, still got Luke Fortner, still got Darian Kennard. Like when, when they want to, they're going to just run over dudes, you know, with Rodriguez. Like when in doubt, we, they can just run over dudes. I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case this year. And so we're just going to have to see how it shakes out. I think the run game could be really good because um, they're going to have a chance to be multiple. And I think when they get in late October and November, they can say, hey, Seven, you're running the ball this week. Let's get downhill. Um, but I don't think that's something they, they want to do early. So how that just shakes out will be interesting. And then if it, it doesn't go great, then you need your quarterback to save you there. And so I, I think it just puts – I don't want to call it pressure, but you just need – 
Levis to be good, right? You need him to play the expectations early. Right. You, he needs to be great. Like, ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Like it. Yeah, big surprise here. Um, but, you know, we, we've also warned Rodriguez might not be the only one absent. I, I alluded to Horsey earlier. I would assume there's a suspension of some sort for Rasan Lewis. He's not necessarily in the rotation, though, so that's not as big of a miss. But uh, Jordan Wright is also apparently going to be suspended for a game. Um, and, you know, we, we heard people talking about how good the defense looked with him and Weaver back in it. You can get by with that for one game. You only really get by with it for that one game, though, like it. Because that, that throwing a, a true freshman into that situation down at Florida, that, that would be a recipe for, uh, for disaster. Yeah, and I've talked about this. If Wright had to miss time or Weaver had to miss time, they would just play nickel. Like, I don't think they would play a lot of – I don't think they yeah. would put a lot on Keaton Wade, even though you do some digging, there's a lot of good things there um, with him early in camp. Um, so he's a guy that can maybe be a surprise, like, situational pass rusher as the season develops. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – I think the defense would kind of look different. With Wright, um, they can kind of have their cake and eat it too. Um, like they can be real big against the run, but then there he has real pass coverage value, I think, as a zone defender when he's in his drops. And we've seen the playmaking he's had throughout his career. Um, so I think that they like that kind of versatility they can have with him. And obviously they don't have that if he's unavailable. Yeah, so a few depth chart things um, to clean up that we'll get a little bit more clarity on uh, next week. Schools class started today. So they're in a little bit of transitional period. It's not technically camp anymore. They'll start installing some of the Miami of Ohio stuff. Game prep time. Week. Yeah, yeah. So lucky it will be at practice Tuesday night. Uh, we'll both be there Wednesday watching a little bit of it. Um, and then they kind of finish out the week, get the weekend to reset, and then start game week next week. And um, the good news is, lucky it is we, we do get some college football this weekend. We also – are going to fill the fam, right? <laughs> Lynn Family Stadium. You all did a great job. First ever sellout at Lynn Family Stadium two Saturdays ago. And I think it's because uh, the fine folks over there helped sponsor this podcast. So appreciate you all for going out there. Let's run it back. Racing Louisville, they're taking on the Chicago Red Stars August 27th at 730. That's, and here's a little perk they got going on. Like it, $2 beers until 7 p.m. Post-match fireworks. That is a Louisville sporting event. T-shirt and a fan clapper getaway. But I repeat, $2 beers until 7 p.m. All right? So go out, check out Racing Louisville, the best female, the best women's soccer in the world. They just beat up on a bunch of international teams, and they ran into Megan Rapinoe's team and the U.S. Women's Cup. They're awesome. Haven't been out to Winfrey Stadium to see them. August 27th, perfect time. Hit a nice little reset. Watch some football before the football action get started this weekend with Racing Lou and the NWSL. Also, check out the website, too, because I'm pretty sure we got discounted tickets on campus. Does their season ever end? Dude, soccer in general, it's it's so long. Uh, like, the Premier League, they get like maybe a week off. Professional wrestling. I mean, if it's you going all year get, round. If you get on Twitter on Saturday morning, you'll see, like, college basketball journalists tweeting about oh yeah yes yes i don't know how they found the time because it is it's year round i know louisville city and racing lou they're like november to march uh is their season they they play a lot they play a lot they run a lot i 
I can't imagine running that much like it. Did you ever play soccer? <laughs> no. So do I look like I played soccer? I, I don't know. Yeah, I was actually a soccer. I did um put me in the goal. We we played uh down at um oh what do we always joke about? We call it Sun Valhalla, Sun Valley Golf Course. I used to play at Sun Valley when we were knee high, and uh, they actually put the scores in the newspaper and like the uh, when they used to have the neighborhood section every Sunday. And I once scored nine goals in a game against the Rockets. So uh, take that, Rockets! Yeah, take that. Look at you, Mister Roush. <laughs> From nine well, goals to uh, taking charges in old man basketball. Oh man, I do it all. I do it all. Um, almost hit a game winner this week, by the way. Uh, oh, it was almost. It was a little from short. distance or like a. Put it back. was a tip. It was a long rebound. I tried to throw it up from like twelve feet, and it went wow. short. But we won in overtime. So. In between games, not there. Gotta get that mid range down. Um, but what's most important? Those wins don't really matter. Those wins and losses don't really matter. What really matters are wins and losses on the football this field this fall. And folks. We got them for you. We got the winners. We got the losers. Uh, for those who haven't played uh, college football win totals, it was a, a, a it was a recent addition into my gambling portfolio about two or three years ago. Uh, but it's it's regular season wins, and you can play the push, which is something to factor into a lot of these numbers. Now, yeah. I will say when you go, we're going to be using numbers from DraftKings because like and I are both in Louisville. Uh, you can't gamble in the state of Kentucky. But you can cross the river. And You're good probably, friends in Southern Indiana. Oh, yeah, through. yeah. As much as I bust their chops over the football play, I love the gambling they play. And so we're going to use DraftKings numbers. I didn't see a lot of whole numbers out there. There's a lot of halves. Which yeah, and um, another thing, if you're not familiar with this, like typically you've got the minus 110 as kind of – if you bet Nebraska, Nebraska minus 12 or whatever – you got to pay the minus one ten on that bet. You pay the juice to the, the juice. Well, the juice gets all gassed up on these. Yeah, um, there's yeah. some that you can get plus odds on, and there's some that get way out of um, because that's what they instead of moving the number, they just move the the juice a little bit. So yeah, um, so you got to you have to watch that. You, you might have mm-hmm. to risk a little more to bring home the money, but um, we can go ahead and get started here. Nick looks like you're first up on the board. Oh, I, I am. Um... I am going to be a little bit Big Ten heavy, fair warning, a little bit Big Ten heavy, um, because I'm a big believer in, uh, well, we'll just get into it. I like to fade teams, but this time I'm actually going in the opposite direction. Uh, Maryland's got Tualia, Tugavaola. He's now in year three in the system, and Mm -hmm. you've seen him kind of slowly get acclimated with Mike Loxley. He was with him in Alabama before he transferred over. They're starting to get into a good rhythm there. They've rooted well, hit the transfer portal pretty hard for wide receivers. And the thing you got to do when you're making these picks, too, you got to check the schedule. And yes. their schedule yes. is very beneficial because not only do you have an easy out of conference schedule, uh, uh, your most challenging non conference is hosting SMU. You can start the season three and oh, so you're, you're halfway home. One of your big crossover game, or that's not a, but one of your your big teams, one that I think you can beat, Michigan State at home. You got Purdue at home. That's a crossover that could turn into a shootout. That's very winnable. Northwestern and Indiana, you can take care of business. I just see a lot of like like you, you like to count up your your toss ups, look it, and and mm-hmm. which ones are your your coin flips. But I, I 
there's a lot of 50-50 games out there, and I think I only need to get two. And even if I don't, I'm getting a push at six. They're going to go to a bowl this year. So give me the plus 100, Maryland over six wins. Yeah, the thing with Maryland is they are very much a, a league pass team because that offense is going to be awesome. Um, Talia is a solid quarterback, good scheme, and they've got legit pros at wide receiver. Jacob Copeland, who's a guy Kentucky was in on, uh, was a big one. Um, and then they've got some other guys. Rakeem Jarrett was a former five-star who they flipped from LSU. So, yeah, like the thing with them is just that they, they're, they're in the wrong division of the Big Ten. Um, they're in the East, yeah. so that's yeah. – that's a little tough. You have to worry about them getting worn down. Drawing Wisconsin is not great no. uh, out of the other division. Really, it's that SMU game. Um, if you win that one, you can talk yourself into it because you got Rutgers, you got Indiana, you get Purdue at home, you get Michigan State at home. I think it's a winnable game. Um, but you really need that 3 0 start um, to have it to go get that. Yeah, but if you get that 3 0 start, um, as long as Talia stays healthy, you should have a pretty good shot at getting at that over six. And their team went, I believe, six and six last year, plus the bowl win. Um, so for you, you got that push insurance, right? So if you can just yeah, get yeah. three and six record in the league, if they're three and zero in the non-con, you're there. Um, so that should be pretty easy for them, you would think, with the talent they have on offense um, to get to that six. And you got the plus odds there too. So um, yeah, love, love you know, a little the house juice. money there. Yep. Look at your first pick. Who you got? We are starting here with, let's see, pull my spreadsheet up. I love it. Spread like it's a big spreadsheet, guy. Yeah. We're so gonna we go. We're gonna start off with an under here. Um, Colorado. This is gonna be weird. Colorado under three. Okay, Colorado <laughs> was an underplay for me last year at four and a half. I'm doubling down, Nick. Like Nick, this team can. Like we're gonna Trey's gonna pull up their schedule here in a second, but they might not win a game this year. Like, you look at their non-conference schedule, they get TCU at home week one. They're an 11-point dog. They go to Minnesota in week three. Um, and then week two, they draw someone they could lose to as well. Um, and then in the Pac-12, like, we'll see. Mike Sanford's the new offensive coordinator. Oh, We know oh. how this is a fame Mike Sanford team podcast for sure. <laughs> and we're going to get on the team Sanford was at earlier, and it's because we're going the opposite way there um, after he leaves. <laughs> but yeah, at Air Force, like there'll be a dog at Air Force. Yeah, uh, UCLA, they're UCLA. They're not beating UCLA. They are zero and four. And like that Arizona game's a must win. If you don't win win the Arizona game, you're zero and five going into the bye. And then what are you really playing for after that? You know, right, right. And so like that's I just feel really good, really good about this. And then they end with a tough stretch at USC, at Washington, Utah. I mean, yeah. I mean that's tough. That's tough. So uh, under three, I feel pretty good about minus one thirty. Um, was what what I got it at. I just feel like I like you're looking at that schedule, and it's hard to pick out two wins, let alone three. Um, I, I think I do, an 12 I think an twelve campaign is on the table there for CU. I like that opening game. This is going to be so bad, but it, like you're a sicko, staying up late to watch a ten p.m. game between a TCU game on a Friday night. Where Sonny Dyke is you know already calling. He's saying he's going to play all three yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, like, they're what? already treating it like an exhibition, right? <laughs> that's well, some you, say, you say the sicko committee, but that's what will be on at the Luckett House. We'll be hunkered <laughs> down in the basement. Uh, Lucky, before Watch we it. get to our next pick, I've got a big picture question for you on these win totals, all right? So 
I think the three teams that are head and shoulders above the rest of the college football field in this this year going into it, they've all got the number 10 and a half. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. You're getting a lot of juice with them. If you got to take one of them, and you know you you feel like you're going to hit this over no matter what, they aren't losing more than one game. Who who's it going to be? Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State? Ohio State, because I know if they have a QB injury, it won't matter because they got another five. I mean, the kid they got behind CJ Stroud's pretty good. Um, whereas Georgia and Alabama do not have that as much. And I just think the Big Ten's uh, easier to draw. Um, Georgia is probably the one because if you look at their schedule, it's probably the lightest of the three. Yeah. But we're going to get into this with Georgia. There's a lot of similarities between 2010 2010 Alabama, the year after the first title, and this 2022 Georgia team. Greg McElroy, Stetson Bennett. Mm -hmm. Pundits said they they weren't good enough to win it. They won a title. Um Number one, top-of-the-line defense who carried the, the team through most of the season. There's just there, – there is a lot there. The recruiting, obviously. Um, right. Having to bust through, like, Alabama had to beat Florida. Like, they had to come mm-hmm. back after Florida beat them. Now, Georgia finally – now they finally busted through. They go and they lose three games. Now, what happens to Georgia with – this is the first time they've ever dealt with that over there. Um, so, I think that's – if I was to bet an under, they would, they would be my under. On, on that 10 and a half for sure. And then Alabama, Ohio State, you, I feel pretty safe about both of them going 12 and 0, 11 and 1. But Ohio State, I think, is the safest bet just because um, I know at quarterback they're going to be in great shape. I'm trying to think of a backup quarterback. De- Devin something? Not him. It's um, Kyle McCord. Yeah, um, there we go. He was Kyle a five star who, who was on my uh, potential Kentucky transfer portal yeah. watch list, but he, with Quinn Ewers leaving, that, that job's going to be his. Well, um, unless the least. kid coming in behind them. Well, yeah, I mean, they got the number one kid coming in 2024, uh, Rayola. I mean, I'd say they just – the QB recruiting for them in Alabama is just – I mean, it's stupid. Yeah, but yeah. That, that would be that would be my pick, I would say. Over Ohio State, I feel the safest. Okay, okay, good to know. All right, I'm going to get back to some of my picks, and this is my favorite thing to do. It is which team overperformed last year and is going to – Come back down to earth in year two. Last year, my pick was Indiana, and it was the easiest pick in the history of picks. I think they went four and eleven, and their win total was like six or something. I mean, it, it wasn't, yeah, I think it was seven, seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close. And I, I even kind of like, I, I might take Indiana under four wins this year. Like they're they're going down to the tank. There's a couple teams I feel that coming uh, to this year. Uh, one of which is opening the season in the backyard brawl. That's Pittsburgh. Uh, they, the quarterback is named my quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Um, as, as much as Narduzzi was a defensive guy, like th- that's not how they won games last year. They won it by scoring a lot of points with Kenny Pickett and the best wide receiver in college football. Well, right. both of them are gone. Jordan Addison's now at USC. Uh, and if I, I'm not one of those like that believes in the ACC being this super conference. It's got five top 25 teams. They're garbage. They're, they, they don't play real football in there. It's patty cake. When they play real grown men in the SEC, they get punched in the mouth and they fold like a chair every single time. But with that being said, they're still in that league. They're going to lose some ball games. They're going to lose some one-score games. Uh, if this was, if, if we had done this podcast two weeks earlier, 
I would have probably had Wake Forest in this position. Yeah, they were in mine until the, the number changed with the Hartman. The Sam Hartman news. But these these overinflated teams like West Virginia, Neil Brown, he's really been working towards this year. If you get a good JT Daniels cooking up between that, I know you get Tennessee at home, but you lost that game on the road last year. Like there's just there's a lot of loss opportunities on this schedule. That game at Louisville, as much as we like to disown Louisville, like that's a huge, huge game. Now, at Louisville, Louisville, at North Carolina, is a tough little back-to-back stretch there. Yeah, and even if it is coming off a, a bye week. So I'm I'm just in total fade pit, get them out of here. If, if they get to eight, like I, I could see them going eight and four, but a nine-win pit team, again, eh, not you the have, You can have your answer on Friday, that Thursday night. If West Virginia wins that game, it's not going over. Like they, It could be done Boom. at that point. Find out early. Like they, I mean, they could very well be two and two in the non-con then if Tennessee, West Virginia. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like if you – not to – I'm going to – two things I really look at, Nick, when I do this is schedule and really like recruiting. Like how good is your roster? You know, if right. I'm going to put my money behind a team, I want a team with a good roster um, and a schedule with a bunch of winnable opportunities. With Pittsburgh, like the recruiting, just it's just not that it's just not that good. I mean, they do a great job developing and turning players into good players, but like like they caught lightning in a bottle with Pickett last year, um, and so you turn around this year. Narduzzi's already made some dumb comments about wanting to run the ball more when they couldn't run the ball at all last year. Two tricky games, but West Virginia, Tennessee to start. I think that under. You could see it. And let's not act like Keaton Slovis has just been the most durable quarterback ever. Um, he's gotten right, injured right. every year he's played. So what happens if he has to miss a couple games? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Pitt's threatening there in the Coastal this year. So I, I think that's a safe bet. And if you get even a 3-1 and one record non-con, um, then you, you just need to get to the 8-4 and four number. So that they can still go 5-3 and three in conference and still hit the under. I mean, that that's – you. You, get, you would take that today. There's so just, I, I, I like that play. So many scenarios. Uh, so give me Pitt under eight and a half wins. Look at who you got up next. Yeah, I'll go stick in the ACC here. I'm also sticking in the Coastal, a team I think's just getting slept on big time. And they were they had a bad year last year, but they made some changes. North Carolina over seven and a half at plus, plus 115. Ooh. North Carolina is the most talented team in that division, in my opinion. Three consecutive top 15 recruiting classes. Drake May was announced as a starter today. He was a top 50 recruit. They flipped him from Alabama. I just think they, like, I think it's a perfect bounce back spot for this team. They were really disappointing last year. People are fading them because they lost an NFL quarterback. Um, But I I just don't think people realize how talented this roster is. I think change coordinators, Gene Chizik is not the greatest. Um, but I don't think they could get any worse on defense. I think they could take a pretty big jump on defense just because of the talent alone. Um, I think Mac Brown's probably a little motivated now to prove that this is not going to go the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just with a team with this talented in a division that's not very talented, uh, the ACC Coastal, like I just like – I mean, all you got to do is get to 84. Now, what's weird here is this stretch, at App State, at Georgia State. But if they win those two, I mean, I, you're golden here. Um, Virginia Tech should be a pretty comfortable win at home. You get Notre Dame off the bye at home. Um, at Miami's tough, but at Duke, that's that's a pretty good win. You get Pitt off yeah. the bye. Then they play week zero. I love the teams that get that double bye. I think that helps a lot. 
Um, mm-hmm. At Virginia, at Wake Forest, I don't, you know, you don't feel crazy about, or too terrible about. And even the NC State, I know people love NC State. North Carolina had them beat last year until that crazy comeback at the end. And they have, they just have a better roster, Nick, well, than everybody on here except Notre Dame. I mean, they, they're going to have a better roster when they walk into a game 11 times. So I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take that, especially with a team who's got this bounce back aspect that they're going to have to them. So give me North Carolina. I think they're probably going to, I think they have a great shot to win the coast. I don't think they'll win it, but I can easily see this team get to nine and three. Nobody ever knocked Mac Brown for his recruiting ability. Maybe his yeah. on field decision making, but the Duke can recruit. He's been doing it ever since he got to North Carolina. Uh, I like that pick, like it. I like that pick. Uh, I am going to stick on my fade train uh, because I'm a hater. I love to hate. Haters going to hate. hate Potatoes going to potato. And I'm hating on Michigan State and Mel Tucker. I just, I can't, I can't do the. He's trained. Some of this is some of this personal. Sure. He's getting in fights with Vince Merrill over recruits. You're having to deal with them a lot. Um, but I do think that last year was sort of an anomaly. I don't have stats in front of my face. But they won a ton of one score games. And they had the most explosive running back in college football, Kenneth Walker. And I'm really putting the emphasis on the word explosive because, as you pointed out last year, Walker, they did not have an efficient running game. It was all big play predicated. And a lot of that big passing play game stuff, was a lot of the, the pass game was a lot of the same. They were just yeah, like a that, home run hitter on offense, and um, they got off to that fast start. I can't and trust. They, I can't. Right. I, that's not that, that the lack of consistency. Uh, I, I don't like. Um, and and I also am. I kind of think that their division this year is going to be awesome. Um, you know, I mean, Michigan had their best year last year, but I don't think they're taking a huge, significant step back. Uh, they have to go to Washington in the non-conference yeah, schedule. Yeah, that's, that's a tricky little game start off week three. Right, right. Like that. That's just a weird spot. And I told you about me like in Maryland earlier that that feels like a place where, you know, you could see. Well, that's a sandwich game too because, you know, you get a big home game to start early in the season. Um, and then you got Ohio State and Wisconsin right after that at home. But you, you got that sneaky trip to College Park, right? I mean, that is going to be – I mean – That is going to be a popular play or, like, you know, for the guys that like to find those little matchups like that, that Maryland's going to have, I think, a lot of support uh, from some people for that week. And they also get Wisconsin in the crossover. Like, that's going to be a big physical game. And I know people aren't talking about Burt a ton at Illinois, but our guy Stanford, Stephen the Bear, all love Illinois over their win total. You that three-game stretch right day. there, November 5th, November 12th, November 19th, like those are three games they should win. So you really need like the losses to come early um, yeah. here for them. Because if they have four wins by then, they're probably going to get, you know, then it's going to be close. Um, yeah. But if you can keep, keep them at three that. or under five, really, you're, you're in great shape. But like that, that is the stretch right there. You're going to know here in the first seven, eight weeks. We're really – would really like Washington to to be good this year, but um, I'm I'm fading Michigan State after their seemingly dream season uh, in 2021. And look at who you got up next. We're going to the Big Twelve here. Texas Tech numbers five and a half. We're going under minus one twenty. Here's the thing with Texas Tech: like the last two years, they just loaded up on transfer portal guys. The high school recruiting hasn't been great. It's a totally brand new staff. Like Joey McGuire was a high school coach. He's like tight ends coach at Baylor. 
He's coming in. He's got people real excited. Like, they're recruiting really well. He hired Zach Kitley. He was the offensive coordinator for WKU. Um, but Kitley, this is going to be his first year calling plays without Bailey Zappi. And we, mm-hmm. we know Zappi's looking like he might be QB2 in New England. Like, he was just awesome for them last year. Um, so it's totally new. You're not going to have – you're going to have one of the worst rosters, I think, in the Big 12. And you look at their schedule, Nick, non-conference. They host Houston in week two, I believe. Then they go to NC State. They could very well be one and two in the non-conference. And then, like, they could get to four and five in league play and you're still going under. Um, and so I like that. And a tricky thing here, Nick, I think Texas and Oklahoma are the best two teams in the Big 12. They get both of them at home. Um, so they got a lot of toss-up games on the road. Uh, and that's usually you want your toss-up games at home. Um, so I think I'm just really fading a new staff um, that's coming mm-hmm. into the league and the roster that's kind of going through a rocky transition. Uh, I think anytime you're in a situation like this, a fast start is so important um, just to get some confidence. Like it's just going to be hard for them to get off to a fast start with the schedule. Yeah. Um, they So they've got a, they have no idea really what to do at quarterback. They've got a bunch of dudes. They, you know, uh, they, the three quarterback rule, you know, if you have three quarterbacks, you have three quarterbacks. You don't have a, <laughs> a quarterback. Um, so this is a little off the board here, but Texas Tech is one I'm fading, really because the non-conference schedule is tricky. And then in league, a uh, league with nine games, you get the two best teams at home. So if you lose those two at home, then you're going to need a bunch of row wins to get over the number. Um, and so I'm going to fade against that and take the under five and a half. Well, kid, I, um, our, our, our pal Jack weighed in on the chat earlier. He said, man – Am I crazy to like Vandy over three wins? Said, not only are you not crazy, <laughs> we're going there. We're going all the way there. I mean, Vandy at over two and a half plus 100 on DraftKings. I'm yep. making that wager as soon as I get into Indiana tomorrow because, like it, you talk about the game, like the, the teams where you can know right away. We could be learning this Saturday in week zero. Yeah, when they are yeah. six and a half point favorites, it's a must. It, no coach Rainbow will call Warriors. it a must win, but for the, the the gamblers over two and a half, it's a must win at Hawaii week one after dark or week zero after dark. Excuse me. So the th- the thing here is here with Vandy is like tell me the wins, Nick. I did, that's all I want to hear. What are the what are the three they get they're getting? They're, so you get Hawaii and you get Elon, right? Mm-hmm. The t- I I can see them. Somehow, no, can I see them pulling an upset? I don't know, but they can go to Northern Illinois and they can win that game. And who knows if they're on a roll? Uh, Wake Forest might be without Sam Hartman, they could win there. And I, I think Missouri is going to flat out stink. That's another possibility. There's a few more possibilities where I think you can easily get to two, yeah, and then have three games at left schedule. So I just need a one three shot, right? When at Missouri, no, one four, I, you can beat South Carolina at home. One and four shot to win one of those games, and you one of those is going is Maxion. You know, I can see this happening, especially because last year they didn't know what to do with their quarterbacks, and Ken Seals was not the guy. He's just not good enough. They needed to have a guy. They picked Mike Wright. He can run around. If he stays healthy, he can do enough to just go out there and win a game, making some dumb plays. We saw him get what two kind of garbage, garbagey touchdowns against Kentucky. Yeah. Who I mean, like, I, so I there's there's enough there. There's enough there for me to watch. Um, 
this was on my short list. I didn't end up putting it on there. Like, you feel good about them getting two wins, and the number's two and a half. Um, and they got the double bye. So, really, mm-hmm. there's there's three there's three games here I'm looking after that. It's Northern Illinois, and then it's Ole Miss at home after the bye. Uh, Ole Miss is – we don't really know. <laughs> Ole Miss could be all awesome. That Ole Miss could be a total mess. We don't know what they're going to look like. Um, then at Missouri, at Missouri after at Georgia and Ole Miss is tough. It's going to be tough for them. Um, but they get a bye and they get South Carolina at home. And, you know, Shane Beamer will probably be on 38 interviews that week. He might not be able to coach his team in practice. <laughs> and so and they played South Carolina really close last year. They damn well should have won the game. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ben yeah. Nolan had to come in and had a crazy drive, like the best moment in his career. Um, so, yeah, those would be the um, – like I, if I had to bet, like – the real bet would be if you could get odds on an SEC win. Um, you're probably going to get a little, some decent more yeah. plus value, and then bet yeah. an SEC win. I, like they're they're due for sure, and so that, that, there's going to be opportunities there for them. But you got to beat Hawaii. Oh, beat Hawaii, you should feel pretty good about getting it at hey, this point. This is this is also one of the bets I'll get. It may be over on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they, yeah. Could, they could go out there and lay it done. I, I haven't done my Hawaii advanced scouting, but. They could be dead on a rock. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? one. That's one. If you wanted to fade yourself, you could just play um, the Hawaii. Play Hawaii plus play plus the points. You know, plus even if it's, yeah. you could, because then you could get a double win. Vandy could win yeah. and Hawaii could cover. Man, if that happens like it, I'm betting every game in week one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, like it. Who you got your fourth pick? Yeah, I'm going. This team I've talked about. I I, I think they're going to be chance to be really good, like top 15 good. Mississippi State, over six and a half, minus 125. Yeah. I just think there's a lot to like with this team. Um, I'm a big Zach Arnett fan, their defense coordinator. Um, I think they've got legit star power on defense. Um, Emmanuel Forbes might be one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Will Rogers, year three. Um, most like They don't have all the weapons back, but there's enough. Some people are worried about – Left tackle, they lost Charles Cross, but the ball's getting out fast in that system. Yeah, uh, they're going to be fine there. You look at their schedule, non-conference. Nick, I think they could go four and zero. They have to go to Arizona, but Arizona's pretty bad. And then they get Memphis at home, but that's Memphis is a team they could they could should be able to handle. And then they have the FCS game and one other, I think, group of five team. Um, so that's four and zero right there. I, I, I'm projecting Bowling Green. Bowling Green's game they should handle. Um, so then you need three SEC wins to go over. Well, and that's where it gets tough because yeah, but they got Georgia. look at the I think look at these teams they got at home outside of Georgia, A and M, Arkansas, and let's see what was the uh, and uh, is it Ole Miss Auburn 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 A and M Georgia Auburn like they can win all three of those, let alone a couple, and then can you still win on the road? Um, I think it's a dangerous game for Kentucky and Mississippi State game. Um, yeah, if you get yeah, if Kentucky gets off the hot start, that South Carolina game on October eighth, that place is going to be on fire. You know, especially with all these Beamer snooze back and forth, people are going to be Climate chomping at culture. the bit. It's the first big home game of the year because the schedule's yeah. backloaded. Kentucky's home schedule's right. backloaded, and it's the week before the bye for Kentucky. So, like everybody's just going to like, like turn up and get loose in that for that, for that South Carolina game. Then you're going to have to like recharge your batteries and pack up and do it against a good Mississippi State team. That is the one I think 
is a worry for Kentucky. So that's when I could see them picking off. I think they could beat Ole Miss at the end of the season. Um, so I, I just really like – I think this team could make a run at 8-4, 9-3. I really do if it, if it comes together. Um, and no, if you're telling I, me over six and a half, I feel pretty confident they're, they'll get to seven and five at least. Yeah, and I'm actually I'm, – I'm with you on my concerns too because of – we saw Liam Cohen. He didn't know what the hell to do with that three three five last year that Arnett runs. We got yeah. another NFL guy who's never seen a defense like that before. So and they, and they get LSU early, which I think is good for them. Yeah. While no, LSU is right. still figuring stuff out. Um, like LSU is going to have that huge game against Florida State. Um, and then here comes sneaky Mississippi State. And they, well, they just won there two years ago. And we know Leach, too. He's boomer bust, right? Like there's, it's they're going to beat somebody they, they, you weren't expecting them to beat. And they're going to They're going to get upset by someone. So, so it's that, just where does that fall? Hopefully it doesn't fall in that non-conference. Hopefully they handle their business. Because if they did, then that's when you could get in trouble with the but, number. But seven doesn't feel like you're asking for a lot either. You know? Yeah, like it's not you're, not you're not picking them to be an eight or nine win team. Like, picking them to win seven games really should be par for the course. You're asking them to win three or four conference games, really. Go three yeah. and five with, or four and four, and this is an overcast. With the three-year starter quarterback in the league system, like, you know. We, we saw what he looks like when he gets in his own uh, – they, they should be able to handle that just fine. I'm probably going to play that as well. Like, similar to you with Vandy. It's just like, eh, I'm not going to pick the same thing as Luckett. Because we got to talk about different things. Except, we got our play of the year, Luckett. Take Which it to the do. bank. This is the 11 personnel. Star Fade Mike Sanford to Bolivia. Let's giddy up Tanner Morgan. Minnesota is going over, over, over. Take it to the bank. I might even put a little something on Minnesota to win the Big Ten West. Like it. Over seven and a half wins. Uh, they got Mike Sanford out of there as offensive coordinator. They're bringing Kirk Sharaka back. Tanner Morgan's back for year 17, the raw product. <laughs> and I don't know about you, Like it, but Mo Ibrahim, he was be first team All-American. Right. Yeah. He's awesome. If he is 80% of what he was before that injury last year, this is going to be a good football team, folks. My two favorite division bets were North Carolina and the Coastal and then Minnesota, Big Tim West. Like, I really think they could win this. And we've seen a rotating door here mm-hmm. in the division. Non-conference again, Nick. Like, that's 3-0. They're going to be 20-point favorite, 20-point plus favorites in all those games. Yep. You know, we talked about Michigan. Momentum. We talked about that Michigan State game. You go and win an East Lansing, handle Purdue at home, who they've owned See uh, recently. Per- that's that's the game too that Jeff he can't I, some he can't get that monkey off his back so I'm I'm counting that as a W for Minnesota. You, you win that one like six and zero is on the table going into Penn State five and one seems seems pretty likely. Yeah. Um Rutgers, Rutgers should be will be a win at home should be a win at home yeah. at Nebraska is not crazy Northwestern should be a win at home. There's just a lot of wins there I think. I they now Purdue has owned uh, Minnesota but Iowa's on Minnesota's on Purdue but. Iowa's home, Minnesota. So that's like the big one there for them. And then this Wisconsin series with them has gone back and forth here the last few years. But I just think there's a lot to like here. The non-conference, they're going to be 3-0. and So then it's getting to eight wins after that, going 5-4 and four in league play. And I think there's enough there um, where you can foresee them getting to that number, 8-4. and four. And then I think if it comes together, a 10-2 and two type season is possible. And then they're, then they're going to Indianapolis playing Ohio State for the Big Ten title. And I know it was different because they had the receiver who he spelled his name weird and now he plays for the Ravens. Rashad Bateman. 
Yeah, they they had, they had him and Tyler Johnson. Yeah, yeah, they had awesome receivers that year with Kirk, Kirk Scirocco. Um, but getting him back because like here's the thing: PJ Fleck, he's a raw rock guy. All right, he needs a good play caller in there. Mike Sanford was going to be a disaster. There's really no way around it. So I, I think teaming these guys back up recipe for success. I like the schedule. Um, and you know what? Betting Big Ten West is kind of fun because it is a it is a kind of kooky division. I, I almost wanted to play Iowa, but that number's tough. Like it, it's like seven and a half. Yeah, but- it's tricky, especially with uh, the offensive operation um, there in that- Iowa City. And the thing with Minnesota. The thing with Minnesota here is they have questions on the line of scrimmage because they're reloading there, but you have the perfect start for that. You know, you get three games right here. You're going to be heavy favorites. You can figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think Flex is a good coach. They're going to figure out. They're going to win close games, and they're going to they're going to get that over here. And then the just what they return on the offensive firepower, they get that, and they get their top receiver back as well. Ibrahim, Morgan, and the receiver, whose name's escaping me, are all super seniors. Um, and yeah. their center, John Michael Schmitz, might be the best center in the country. Like, there's just a lot to like uh, with Ibrahim. this team. And it feels like they've been knocking on the door. It feels like, like this is the window for them, it feels like. Ibrahim, mm-hmm. uh, teammates with Pascal, right? Yeah, forget. Yep, good, a good counsel. Yeah, um, that was a good football so, team. Uh, was, were there any off the board, Nick, that you had in mind? Oh. Were there any off the board? <laughs> Were there any off the board? Um, I'm kind of tempted to be, to fade Brenton Venables at under nine and a half. Yeah. Um, but I need to do some more Big 12 research. Just because, uh, you know, I, 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 but I think that league is wide open this year. So betting them to win eight or nine games, I don't feel like is a reach. Except uh, what Oklahoma does all the time, though. I mean, it's, you could put, anybody over there to coach them. It seems like they'll win 10 games, you know, and play for yeah, that, that, That's my biggest reservation is just like, well, they, Dylan Gabriel knows what he's doing. Like, worst case scenario, they've recruited mm-hmm. their hair on fire. Like, they'll be fine. But yeah. I, I'm tempted to fade all their de- portal departures and, and, and adding a new coach. Uh, the other one that I'm um, – I kicked around – I did mention earlier was Indiana uh, under four wins just because screw up, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, get out of here, Hoosiers. Um, for me, I'm going to publish 10. I'll have a – like I do every year, so all of you all can jump on this with me. Well, one that was like – there was two that were really close to me getting in here. Um, Arizona State, I didn't end up being in my top five because it went from six and a half to six. Um, but I do like the under there. And it's just a total fade of Herm Edwards. The roster is a mess. Um, yeah. Under six, minus 125. The issue there is – there still is some talent. Like Emory Jones, I think, could be pretty good in that conference as yeah. a starting quarterback. I could see them getting to six wins. Um, I, I didn't see seven, but I could see them putting a couple wins together. So that, uh, so it didn't make my top five, but it's still going to be a play for me. Um, Virginia Tech's another one, Nick, under six and a half. Now it's minus 145, so you got to lay a lot. This team has a weird schedule. They are at Old Dominion to start the season. They are at Liberty, second to last week of the season. Huh. And then they have another weird row game, I believe, thrown in there, plus their ACC slate. And new head coach, defensive head coach. Um, sometimes these defensive head coaches get off the slow starts just because it's so much different being a head coach. Um, and on the, on the big reason why I want to play them here is because Brent Pry is going to try to call defensive plays as a head coach. Yeah. 
I just think that's a it's no brainer. Only only person being able to do that is Gary Patterson. Um, and by all accounts, he's a freak. So in a good way, in a good way, just like a mad scientist type level. But right, right. That's just a lot to ask of you. And then you look at their offensive coordinator as a guy who was on the Jaguars last year. He's like 33 years old. He's pretty young. There's just a lot there. And if you look at their recruiting rankings, three consecutive sub-50 recruiting classes there. I mean, talent they ta- they have a talent issue there in Blacksburg. I just – it feels like a team that's – there. that feels like a 4-18 first year of just trying to figure stuff out. They're starting Grant Wells, transfer from Marshall, who was just like – he was okay. just a solid CUSA quarterback. So that that one I feel pretty good about. It's under six and a half. Like they could win six, and you're still you're still good there. But under six and a half, I feel like um, Boston College. I think they get at home week two, and that's the game. Boston College wins that um, that that unders cash it pretty easy. I would also say, hey, uh, Arkansas schedule's crazy. Might want to look at that under. Yeah, A and M's another one of mine. I, I just like A and M. I know Jimbo's a hot topic, uh, but I think their secondary is really good. Their defensive line is just going to figure it out with all that talent. Devin A. Chain, I think, might be the most explosive running back. Like, if you told me to pick someone off the wall a little bit for SEC Player of the Year, it would be him. I could see him behind a really good old line, like going for 1,600 yards on the ground or something mm-hmm. um, in Jimbo scheme. And they just got, you know, the talent is just obvious. So it's eight and a half for them. They get South Carolina and Florida out of the East. That's two games they should win. Right. Um, they get Miami at home, but they should be four and on the non-con. So that's six wins right there. Then you just need three wins against the West, and they're better than everybody. I think. I think they have a better roster than everybody against Alabama. So I, I as long as quarterback is just not terrible, you know, as long as they get some good play out of, which I like, they, Mac should, they should make too. a run at ten and two. Yeah, yeah. either yeah. or. I mean, they they've got talented recruits over there. Like they should be. He should be able to find somebody that they can play right. more than competent football with on offense. Well, let's wrap this up by talking about Kentucky's number. That's eight. It's the highest it's been in recorded history, at least according to one sports blogger. But it's as high as we've ever seen it, Luckett. Eight is the number. I think it's the perfect number. Yeah. And and the thing is, is the reason why I'm probably still going to play the over is because you get the push. Um, But if Will Levis is healthy, eight feels like the four because – even though I'm, I, I will concede that Louisville's a little bit better. You're still getting them at home. You can stack up a bunch of wins early on in the season. Um, you know, like like what? So I, I guess how do how do you even get bull? How do you even get to under eight with this team? Right? Like, what's the scenario? What are the losses that have to happen on this schedule to even reach there? Because that that means Spencer Rattler hits right. You lose one of the South Carolina Mississippi State games at home. Yep, you lose to Georgia, and then you you go one and three against the SEC road slate. Whether it's Florida, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Missouri, you go one and three there, and you lose. You know Georgia, you lose, and that's including a win against Louisville. That's how. That's what happens, and, and that that's a lot. Like, and I, I just can't see that in my head because I I think a lot of things have to go wrong to get to a seven and five season. And I think it is with the quarterback. Yeah, I think nine and three is more likely than seven and five. Like, I would be pushed to over if you asked me to play it. Like, eight and four. I've gone back and forth between eight and four, nine and three is a record. Um, Just because I think there's just, there's just some holes there in 
It's new coordinators, just a lot of change, a lot of moving parts. Um, but I think nine and three is a fair and reasonable expectation. Um, and if Levis really, I mean, the closer we get to the season, the more I'm just like, it's just he's got to be. A, if he's a star, mm-hmm. they're going to be awesome. <laughs> like they are going to yeah. be awesome. But if he's if he's not if he's not they're just gonna it's just gonna be uh like like I think they're gonna be really good off it's just what you do in close games I mean that's really what it comes down to and I think overall the more I look at this Nick like between Tennessee Florida and Ole Miss gotta go to get to the Georgia game with stakes you need to go two and one there win two out of three like I don't think Florida's a must win but it eliminates room for error if it's not. Mm-hmm. And then then it depends on if Georgia loses a game. Because if Georgia loses a game, then you can you then you have some wiggle room. Then you can lose two conference games and still get there and you can have the tiebreaker over there potentially. But if not, that means you gotta beat South Carolina, Mississippi State, you gotta take care of home field and you can't go to sleepy for old field there the week after the Tennessee game and play an egg. Like that would mm-hmm. that, that's that's the blueprint right there. But if you can win, like if you can beat Florida week two, it really sets you off. Great. Um, great start. Then you get Rodriguez back and you're going to go to Ole Miss feeling good about yourself. Yeah. And it's their first real challenge playing you and you've already been challenged and you got, um, and you got an extra weapon back that you didn't have in your first big game. Yeah. There's, there's one stat that I want everybody to keep in mind when they're making their season predictions. No Kentucky coaches ever, one at Tennessee and at Gainesville in the same season. And, like, really lucky at a lot of this year is going to come down to how well do they do in those games and how well does Will Levis play. I appreciate all of you all for listening to us all off-season long <laughs> and getting in the nitty-gritty of things. But this is Now, now it's time to have fun. How good do you do against your rivals? Like, it's, yeah. it's, yep. it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it uh, – I saw someone tweet the other day, and it's like – it was an NFL person, but it was it was pretty simple. Um, it's like we over, we overcomplicated. It's a lot of times is how good is your quarterback? Can your guys get open? And can your guys cover their guys? I mean, that is really kind of what the game comes down to a lot of times. You know, it's how it's that those three. If you could check two two of those three boxes, you're gonna have a pretty good chance to win. If you can't, good. You kind of it, the thing stacked against you. But I think that's a lot of. I do think like. The confidence we're seeing from Mark Stoops, I think it's a yeah. lot tied into There's this quarterback. Um, and they got, they've got they got some real talent, I think, young talent on offense, and I think he feels pretty good about his defense. So if it, if um, if Richard Scangarello is an ace up the sleeve, I um, mean, you got a you know an NFL quarterback in year two in a similar system, I think that's where this thing could really take off. Um, but but we're gonna, we're just gonna have to wait and see. Uh-huh. We don't have to wait much longer, though, Luckett. We do not have to wait much longer. We appreciate you all hanging out with us live on YouTube. Uh, as always, subscribe to KSR Digital. Uh, please hit that button. We appreciate it. Appreciate you chatting along with us. More gambling content coming later this week. Yep, um, pick, pick three. Pick, we're back. We dabbled last year, uh, but we're invested this year. So oh, into, every, yeah. into every week, we're going to have our I think our three best. I guess, I guess we're sticking with the same format. Three, yeah, three, three best locks. Players. So yeah. make sure you check out. I believe we don't. Thursday. We haven't hammered out the details. Or right, Thursday. There you go. Yeah. Thursday. So YouTube page. Smash that subscribe button. This is yep. you're getting all the all the video content. Like you don't need ESPN. You don't need FS1. Nope. You know you don't need to peacock until 
Big Ten goes over. This is all you need. KSR YouTube channel, and then you can just go to the KS bar to watch the games, and there you go. Like you don't need to, you don't need much else. That's all you need. Pull the cord all the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate Racing Mobile for sponsoring this. Appreciate you all following along. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger.